Jazz live and underway here on ESPN Plus alongside Hercules Gomez. I am Sebastian Salazar. Herc, are you, as our uh, young friend there, as excited about the Panini stickers? I know uh, in my household they have totally taken over. We got it here. I got. I think I only have like 100 stickers left, man. I'm going crazy. I didn't cry when I got Chucky, but I was pretty excited. I, I felt like I got a glimpse into your childhood. I really <laughs> <Yes>. did. <laughs> <laughs> Overwhelmed just, with emotion. Just a little taller, that kid. But, okay. but, but nonetheless. I knew it. I knew it. I knew a short joke uh, was coming there. Look, we got lots to get to in this show. So much great postseason action uh, from all over North America. We got to catch you up on National Women's Soccer League, MLS playoffs, uh, Ligia down in Liga Mekis. So much great uh, games, highlights, and reaction that we got to get to. But oftentimes, Herc, on this show, we start with one man. The LeBron James of soccer. Uh-oh. Christian Pulisic who was once again on the bench and did not see any playing time uh, in Chelsea's 2-0 win against Aston Villa on Sunday. That's now two games in a row where Pulisic hasn't featured at all. He was also an unused sub against Milan in Champions League during the midweek. So, not a great couple games for Pulisic under Graham Potter. And overall under Graham Potter, there has not been a lot of playing time for the young American. Just the one start in six games, it should be noted, he did score in that start, and Chelsea did win 3-0 against Wolves in the Premier League, but his reward for the goal in the start was zero minutes in his next two games. Uh, Herc, in the past, we've blamed the manager, different managers, the club, etc., for Christian Pulisic's playing time issues at Chelsea. Is it time now that we focus in on the player himself? It's time, Seb. Th there's a constant here, right? Borussia towards the end wasn't playing with Favre, Favre. Uh, gets to Chelsea, 70 million plus transfer fee, wasn't playing with Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard departs. It's Thomas Tuchel who gave him his start at Borussia Dortmund. Doesn't play with Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel leaves, and it's Graham Potter who comes in, and he's not playing now. At, at some point, and it comes to every footballer, you have to analyze what is impeding your development, you from playing more, you from being better, and have a hard look in the mirror and say, this has happened here, that's happened there, and the one constant is me. What does Christian Pulisic need to do himself to change things? Does he need to be more vocal? And what I mean by that is oftentimes there are guys who make it difficult for coaches by their attitude, by the, the way they demand things, by the way they are within the locker room. Make it difficult for coaches to take them out of that lineup, and yes, including their play. But he needs to make it difficult, some way, somehow, because his career is going. And I, I'm not gonna sit here and say where he is isn't a high level. But you have players, or excuse me, you have pundits, you have people questioning if you're a player for that high level. I couldn't disagree with you more here. I don't think Pulisic is the problem. I think, it's, I think it oversimplifies it to say, well, there's all these different managers and he's not worked out under those different managers. Because one, I don't think it's fair to say that he hasn't worked out. Uh, and I think each manager, there's a different story. Like if you go back to Lampard, right, the, the first manager there, Christian Pulisic was super productive under Frank Lampard. He had 11 goals in his first season, basically a goal every three games in his first season in the Premier League. And the only thing that really kept him from developing into a, a bigger role was his injuries. I know at the end under Tuchel it all fell apart, right? But it fell apart for every attacking player at Chelsea under Tuchel. Nothing that the coach tried worked, and that's why he lost his job. 
But if you go back to the height of Tuchel at Chelsea, he actually did trust Christian Pulisic a lot. If you go back to the Champions League run, and even the Champions League final where he doesn't start, Tuchel only makes, Herc, two subs, two attacking subs in the game. He makes three subs, but one of them was Thiago Silva, so basically a forced defensive change. He only made two changes. One of them was Pulisic. He let him play a half hour, and he did it while Chelsea was winning 1-0 in the Champions League final. He trusted him with a lead in the Champions League final. Injuries hurt, and then, and then Tuchel's inability to get the most out of the attack hurt that relationship as well. What, what's really worrying for me about this Potter situation is that the, the contract that we have always known between player and coach, that if I give you an opportunity, you're productive with it, you'll get more opportunity, seems to have been broken. And we can point to the game against Wolves where he starts and he scores, and then there's back-to-back DNPs. But, Herc, you can also go, go back to the very beginning of the Graham Potter run. And everyone right now is talking about, oh, Chelsea looks so good under Graham Potter. Six unbeaten, five wins in a row. Go back to the very beginning. Champions League, the first game against Salzburg. Uninspiring 1-1 draw. Second game under Potter. Premier League against Crystal Palace. Heading towards another uninspiring 1-1 uh-huh. draw. When what happens? He brings in Christian Pulisic, who he waited until the 84th minute to bring on. And Christian Pulisic drives at the Crystal Palace defense, draws them in, dishes to Conor Gallagher, Gallagher who gets the game winner. wonder goal. Uh, so, so right there, right? It's a different start to Graham Potter's tenure at Chelsea, if not for what Christian Pulisic has done. Seth. He has done the job. He has been productive, and he has not been rewarded. Because what happened after that assist? The next game was Champions League against Milan. How many minutes did he play? Zero. I don't, I don't think it's Christian Pulisic. I'm not, li- I'm not willing to say that it's a manager or all the managers. To me, the bigger problem here is the What's club. What's the constant here? It's the club. It's Chelsea. It's the chaos. It happened at Borussia Dortmund in the end as well. I mean, the, the Borussia Dortmund thing, they knew he was out the door, Herc. You have to, you have to put proper context to that. You There's have to no put coach context. in the world, Seb, that's going to say, I don't feel like playing this guy. If he thinks he's going to help him. Hmm. Now, Christian Pulisic is a very good player. I'm not discounting how good he is for an American player. But at the end of this contract with Chelsea, if he gets sold, if he plays out the contract and he leaves, at the very end, if things don't change, it's going to be seen as an utter failure. It's going to be $70 million for a player that didn't live up to what they thought he would live up to. And that's the reality of things here. Look, I won't disagree with you that some part of it is that maybe – Chelsea is too big a club. There's too much competition there for him to get guaranteed minutes. But if you're going to point to Chelsea and point to it being a big club, you have to acknowledge, Herc, the chaos, the ownership changes, the coaching changes. That has not helped a young player in his early 20s trying to adjust to the Premier League to become a regular starter. That has to play a huge role in it. And for me, that's why he's got to have a good World Cup so that market value goes up. So come the winter, Chelsea's motivated to sell it. And Chelsea's been the same way from the beginning. He wouldn't be the first player that didn't pan out. I, I will remind you. Kevin yeah, if, he has, if he has a Kevin De Bruyne career, you're not, you're not too upset. Kevin De Bruyne didn't pan out. Mohamed Mo- Salah didn't pa- pan out. Uh, Lukaku didn't pan out. There have been players at Chelsea, for whatever reason, don't pan out, and they have productive careers elsewhere. Could that be the case for Christian Pulisic? Sure. But you can't sit here with a straight face and say everything around Christian Pulisic is the problem, and he doesn't have some culpability in it as well. All right, let's uh, move on from Christian Pulisic, who did not play on the weekend and did not score. But other Americans did score over the weekend. Hurt a lot of them. Uh, We'll start with Josh Sargent, who got a goal in North City's 2-1 defeat to Watford. Good finish. That's a sexy finish. It's a goal scorer's finish. Uh, He finds the opening. He finds the gap. The second angle we will see, you see it go through the legs of the defender. That is a cheeky finish. Watch. Near post, goalkeeper can't do anything. He's not even expecting the shot. 
He's just got it, as they say, derechita right now. He knows exactly where the goal is. He didn't have to look up. Eight goals on the season tied to the league lead in the championship with Oscar Estupinian of Hull City. Meanwhile, in Turkey, Haji Wright keeps pouring him in. He had a brace on the weekend, Hurt. Yeah, it's not this goal. This is a good goal. He finds himself alone. Watch the second goal, Seth. The second goal is as confident as a finish as you're going to see. Watch him bang it in lower corner. He knows exactly where he's going. Pace, power, vision, technical ability, and the finish. Man, I wish I would have seen more of Haji Wright mm -hmm. with the U.S. Mm -hmm. national team. Seven goals in ten games in league play. Antalya Sport lost, though, 3-2. They're having a rough start to the season. Bundesliga, which, of course, you can watch on ESPN+. Plus. Jordan Pifak and Union Berlin beat Dortmund 2-0 over the weekend. Nice assist for Jordan Pifak. He gets labeled just as a poacher unfairly. The one facet of his game that's been highly, highly a focal point for me in the Bundesliga is his ability to introduce others into a play in the final third. Yeah, a little bit of a worry in this one after the assist as Pifok comes off injured. You hope it's nothing serious. I was looking all over the internet today, Herc. I couldn't find any updates from, uh, from Union Berlin. They did get the win, though. They are now four points ahead of Bayern uh, in the Bundesliga table. Worth noting, Gio Reyna came off the bench to play the last eight minutes of that game for Dortmund. So here's a look at the latest numbers in the race for the U.S. number nine job. Uh, Herc, there are probably some L3 fans asking uh, U.S. fans, what striker problem are you exactly talking about? <laughs> I don't know if it's a striker problem or more of a system issue, but mm -hmm. there is a problem, that is for sure. A question, a question with a big uh, TBD as we await to see who will be the starting number nine for the U.S. at the World Cup. We got more goals for you. This one coming from midfield, Malik Tillman. Scored for Rangers in a 2-1 win over Motherwell, a solo effort. Uh, Motherwell, <laughs> how about never defend well? That was, <laughs> oh my goodness. Look at this, okay, one, two, jokes, three, relax. four. He's going to go through the fifth player right here. The center back's not going to step up. The goalie gets beat. Didn't even put the hands up. Look, great Malik. That's awesome. But wow, the defending. That was his uh, first league start for Rangers since September 3rd. So good moment to pick up a goal. We got more assists as well. Tim Weah had not one but two assists, Herc, as Lille won 3-0 over Strasbourg on Friday. Yeah, and it's him coming out. Look at that, Jonathan David. Is that Jonathan David? Kaka Gap connection. Uh... There is something to be said about coming on and making an immediate impact. Mm -hmm. He comes on and he has two assists immediately. And it's what you want to see if you're a U.S. men's national team player, or excuse me, fan or pundit, because this is a guy that could really change things. On in the 65th minute, assists in the 76th and 80th minute, to your point about immediacy. That was just his second game of the season for Leo. Let's check the mentions here, Herc. And we're going to check them on you, your Twitter. Because uh, uh -oh. you were tweeting away on Saturday uh -oh. after the New York Red Bulls lost to Cincinnati, which means, of course, the Red Bulls and Aaron Long were eliminated. You're saying 36 days away from the start of the World Cup. If Nashville loses later today, no spoilers, they did, it would mean that two of Greg Berhalter's top center backs will be inactive slash without competitive play until November 21st. Herc, obviously you didn't uh, think this is nothing. You wouldn't have wasted your weekend tweeting about it if you did. So uh, is it something or is it everything? Everything. It, it's everything. Usually when you go to a World Cup, you have a 30-day cushion, if you will. So there's a training camp. Uh, this is for every national team that's going to participate in the World Cup. The season will end, and you get to do this camp heading into the World Cup. Now, those who are in a different calendar, like Major League Soccer, Liga MX, for example, mm -hmm. will have 
that training camp with only players who are available. So you have players like Aaron Long, players like Walker Zimmerman, players like whoever may be involved with the U.S. men's national team that play in Major League Soccer or a league that is not currently in their season, they will have this training camp where it's them, whatever odd number it is, maybe seven or eight, and you 20 players from the U.S. men's national team that will do a training camp to try to stay sharp. And they will have zero competitive training trainings, if you will, and in matches leading up to what is one of the biggest moments in their life, why the rest of the world, who will be gearing up in almost in midseason form, will be sharp and active heading into said World Cup. It's a disadvantage for me. Yeah. I'm surprised that you feel that way because I really thought it would have been the other way. We see guys like the, the most recent example, I think, is Reese James. Looks like he's going to miss the World Cup. Uh, Angolo Kante looks like he's going to miss the World Cup. Like huge names are dropping. Um, and so the, the fact that you think it's going to be a big setback, I think it could be an advantage. The guys get a little break. They stay healthy. But if it is going to be a huge setback, Herc, that's a really big problem for the U.S. men's national team and maybe as well for the Liga Mekis, the guys that are on the Mexican national team as well, because I'm looking at, at the names. It's not just Long and Zimmerman. I mean, Jesus Ferreira, Paul Ariola, they play later tonight. They could go out. DeAndre Yedlin, he's playing right now. Uh, you know, Inter-Miami could go out. We'll bring you those highlights a little bit later on. Um, Kellen Acosta with LAFC. I mean, even if they go to MLS Cup, it's what? Only three more games. Uh, are you worried that this is going to be like a real big problem if these guys have to play? I am a little worried for the U.S. men's national team hmm. and, and because the, level, the playing field isn't level. And what I said earlier, everybody's on the same calendar in a normal World Cup. So the Europeans are on the same calendar as if you play Liga Mekis or if you played MLS, et cetera, et cetera. Now they get to stay game level with sharpness. Imagine starting preseason. Anytime you see a preseason start and you see the first game, the second game, the third game, it's never as crisp. It's never as sharp. And you say, well, they've not really gotten their season form yet. They're still in preseason form. I'm a little afraid that we're going to see that leading into the World Cup with teams like the U.S. men's national team, teams like Mexico, where mm. there are some elements of their squad that aren't European-based. And there are some players that will be out of map fitness. So if, fitness. This, if this is a problem maybe for guys like Zimmerman and Long, then i got to ask you like, who it benefits. Because I think everybody's hoping it's going to be Chris Richards but the latest news out of Crystal Palace is he's going to be another week without playing. You start to add these weeks up, Herc, you do the math, it's going to be a rush for Chris Richards to get back in time for this World Cup and really be healthy, let alone being playing in the Premier League and be up to any type of, of game rhythm. Is it somebody that's, that's outside the picture? I know you've never been very high on Tim Ream, but he's, he's, if, if the logic is, hey, the MLS guys aren't going to be playing at all, here's a guy who's going to be playing, captaining at the Premier League level all the way in the build-up to the World Cup. That ought to help his case. Or even a guy like John Brooks, who we know, I know it was against, what, a fourth-tier team in the, in the Portuguese Cup, but he played 120 minutes for Benfica over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, the, the issue here is Greg Berhalter's comments coming back to haunt him. Uh, he tends to contradict himself here. And, and he said it that if guys aren't playing, it's going to be a worry for him. And that's why he wants to do this, this camp. So if you have center backs who aren't playing or some that won't even be available, at some point, regardless of what, how you want to play, it's about who you have available. So that tactical scheme of a high line may have to go out the window. And you may have to recall a John Anthony Brooks. You may have to recall a Tim Ream, who right now is playing. You may have to do things like that to get players like that available to you so you're competitive at this World Cup.
Again, just to compare what Mexican fans think versus what U.S. fans think, Mexico fans very worried about their central defense, right? They would love to have a John Brooks, Tim Ream that was outside the list that you could call in if you needed to, right? There's a lot of depth. Like a, Dominguez? Maybe not depth. There's a lot of options uh, in this American pool. Just how deep it is, I guess we won't find out until the World Cup. A deep schedule, Herc, of La Liga action coming for you on ESPN Plus this week. It is España week, if you've been following along. Uh, Real Madrid, they play on Wednesday. Barcelona play Thursday. Celta de Vigo, uh, Real Betis, which we know have uh, Luca de la Torre and Andres Guardado. Respectively, they play on Wednesday. So does Mallorca uh, with Vasco Aguirre. Full week of La Liga action uh, capped Thursday. Barcelona via Real, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Estadio Azteca, where we start our Liga MX playoff recap. Club América following up a 6-1 first leg win over Puebla with a 5-1 second leg win. Herc, they're calling it impresionante. Impresionante. Uh, that was Brian Rodriguez. You remember him? And then it was yes. La Bomba, Henry Martín. That's number 13 on the campaign. Oh. Let's check the mentions because América Puebla also meant a meeting between Josie Altador and Alejandro Zendejas. Josie doing some recruiting here, Herc. Yeah, it is un crack. You're a crack. He says, uh, we need you in Qatar with American flags. So, hmm, what do you think? All right, that was on Saturday. Elsewhere on Saturday night, Rayados. They beat Cruz Azul 3-0 in Monterrey. The first leg was a scoreless draw, so that means Rayados advanced. The goal scores, Berterame, Funes Mori, and Jesus Gallardo. So uh, a couple of Mexican internationals getting on the score sheet. Yeah, no Uriel Antuna to start. That did him in for sure. On Sunday, Toluca, they go to Torreón and beat Santos 2-1. The first leg, Toluca won a crazy 4-3 game. So Toluca advances 6-4 on aggregate. This is insane because Santos was undefeated in the last 15 home games. And then later on Sunday, Pachuca beating Tigres 2-1 at home. The first leg went to Tigres 1-0, so it was 2-2 on aggregate, which means Pachuca advanced because of the position in the table. They finished fourth, Damn two you, points Chofis! ahead Damn of Tigres. You! who finished fifth. All right, so let me remind folks, that is 11 to two, 11 to two on aggregate for America 
over Puebla. Hurt. Why, why are you reminding can folks? Anybody of the teams remaining in Liga Mekis, can anybody beat this America? First, why are you the way you are? Like, you know what you're doing when you ask it and when you ask it that way, when you frame it that way. I get it. The Americanistas are feeling mighty You high. get it 11 to 2, I bro. Get, That's oh, what you get. Oh, oh, mi corazón. I get it. Coco, coco! You feel good <laughs> about yourself right now. El Ame, el Ave, excuse me, uh, Phoenix right here, okay? I, mm -hmm. I understand this. Don't get too high and mighty. Uh, Toluca right now, Toluca has found their form undefeated mm -hmm. in the last six, and they just went to one of the hottest teams and beat him home and away and handedly mm -hmm. in Santos Laguna. So you have to handle Toluca first, and Toluca, John Meneses, who is on fire, Charlie Gonzalez, who's found the goal again, Camilo Sanveso, who, who sees the goal, and it looks like a huge rainbow. Things are going in for him. Thiago Volpi uh, seems to be back to his old self. It's a very good team. But let me tell you who I think is that one team mm -hmm. that's going mm -hmm. to beat America, and it could be in the final, and it's Pachuca. You know that I had Pachuca pegged yep. at the beginning of the season as my champion. You've been on this train for a while. I've been on this train for a while. Let me read you, not my opinion, just a few stats, okay? We have, since 2001, since Los Torneos Cortos in Liga MX, we Híjole. have one, what is a two, history three, lesson? four, five, six times they've played each other in Liguilla. Meaningful games, six times from 2001. They've only advanced, your America have only advanced and beaten Pachuca once. And that was in 2012. The last three times, 2015, then 2021, 2022. This same Pachuca team has America's number. And when you see this Pachuca team, the elements they have, how dynamic they are in midfield. Luis Chavez, a dual player. Ese buen golpeo, that good striking ability. Aviles Hurtado, Nico Ibañez. La Chofis is being productive for them off the bench or if he starts. When you see Almada's team, it strikes a little fear in you. Okay, there it is. We got to dip into ancient history to find reasons that this uh, America will be Not beaten. ancient Look, history. The last two times America's been in the playoffs, they've been knocked out by Pachuca. Not ancient history. Look, this, this is the reality, right? It's soccer, so of course... <laughs> America can be beaten. America can be beaten. But I'll tell you this, and you know me, I'm a very pessimistic fan with you all of my teams. Uh, yes, I'm a pessimistic oh, fan pessimistic. with all of my teams, right? This is by far the best I felt about America since the team in 2005, okay? Since the Mario, Mario Carrillo, Carrillo days. Cuauhtémoc since Blanco the days? Cuauhtémoc Blanco, Piojo López, Clever Boa. Remember that team? That, and that team pummeled. Remember the final against Tecos? Pummeled teams. They pummeled teams uh, throughout that Liga and that regular season. That, that was a powerhouse. This is as good as I felt since then. Uh, we've talked about Santiago Solari in that era, right? There was statistical dominance, but they never convinced. Even you go back to the Piojo 2.0 days, they won titles, convincing, dominant. I, w I wouldn't put those words to that era. Heaven forbid, before that, the La Volpe, the brief La Volpe experiment where they, yes, reached a final, but nothing under La Volpe ever has been Turco convincing. Turco Mohamed was pretty dominant. Not, not like this, Herc. Not like this. There was, there's never been a time I was at recently. A final when they beat us. From, from, 2000, <laughs> from 2005, dude, that I, I have felt this good. Uh, obviously, I feel very good about the chances against Toluca. What percentage are you giving Toluca in, in the semifinals? 25%. 25%? Yeah, and I know everybody will say it's a different America. America beat this Toluca team. Uh, they beat him when Toluca was a man down. They also beat Pachuca this season a man down. And I would say controversial, polemic uh, cards, if you will. And against Toluca... With, which was a man down for more than half, uh, they did it 
in a Richard Sanchez wonder goal in the final seconds of that game at home. And historically, Toluca is a team that likes to punish America. Historically, we go back to the Pepe Cardoso days, uh, you know, Saturnino Cardoso days. Uh, this is a team that loves to play against America. There, you gave me uh, ancient history from 2001. I, I gave you ancient history from, uh, from 2005. Another reason I'm so confident in this America is the depth, Herc. Like, they made, yeah. what, six changes in that second leg, which one shows you the depth, but also, I think, importantly, gives guys rest heading to the semifinals. You're so high on Pachuca. Compare that to their situation. They struggle through the quarterfinal. They lose Kevin Alvarez. He's got a red card. So, I mean, like, that I also think adds up when you talk about Liga. Yeah, this America team goes into the semifinals knowing they can count on anybody and knowing that everybody's pretty much fresh. That's, that's got to yeah. be, for me, a huge advantage for America. By the way, I didn't even mention Monterrey, who happened to be the only one of these playoff mm -hmm. teams that beat America. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I agree with you that of the teams remaining, Pachuca is the biggest threat. I do agree with you there. Although I have to say, as an Americanista, I, was, I think I, I would prefer Pachuca advance than Tigres. I didn't want to face Piojo, and I didn't want anything to do with Gignac. I didn't want anything to do with Gignac in, the, in Liguilla. Uh, that would have scared me. So I think I'm a little bit happy to have avoided Tigres in a showdown with Piojo. Speaking of Piojo, he's getting a lot of criticism, Herc, for his comments post-game after Tigres were eliminated. Let's listen in. Triste, obviamente, porque no va a estar triste y molesta porque va a eliminar a su equipo. Pero yo lo dije, a mí, a mí me va a tocar, o a otro, que venga, si no soy yo, el recambio generacional de este equipo que ganó todo en 10 años. Pero que sea su viejo para el fútbol. Muy viejo para el fútbol. Too old for soccer. He's calling his team too old. Should Piojo get lost, Herc? Yeah, he should get lost. Do you know the average age of Tigres and the average age of Toluca, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Pachuca last night? You know who, who was older? Which team was older? I'm guessing you're going to tell me Pachuca. Pachuca was older. Do you know they gave him a whole new defensive line? Do you know that? Mm -hmm. Do you know that everybody he asked for, they brought in? Do you also know that the old players he's talking about, one is Andre Pierre Gignac? Andre Pierre Gignac is one of the best goal scorers, not just in Liga Mekis in its time in the last 10 years, but this season, only Nicolás Ibáñez and Henry Martín scored more goals. You know Nahuel Guzman, one of those old heads he's talking about, was one of the best goalkeepers this season in Liga MX, for my money, the best? Do you know that that old trident, or I shouldn't even say old trident, that old duo of Carioca and Guido Pizarro, you add Cordoba to that mix, that trident right there, that central trident, they'd be starting in about 85% of the teams in Liga MX. So this old team he's talking about is an excuse. Now, when is Pio Herrera going to start talking about what Pio Herrera didn't do? Mm. About mm. his tactical schemes, about his substitutions, about how his team no longer is offensive. People take issue or took issue with Tuca Ferretti and El Tuca Camion and how defensive they were. Take a look at Miguel Herrera's team. This team is in shambles. This is the same Miguel Herrera that can't be autocritical. They can't say, what about me? What didn't I do? That picks fights with fans. That picks fights with pundits. And now he wants to blame the players for being old do you think we're getting towards the end i saw your tweet la manita bye bye miguel herrera you think this is the end of him at tigres yeah i, I would think so I, I think the patience has been worn out with the fan base uh with the majority of media members uh, he's got a very 
very tedious way of wearing on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, he never accepts responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. It was yeah. somebody else's fault when he was fired from the Mexican national team, when he slapped Martinoli. It was somebody else's fault when he was let go by America. It was somebody else's fault when he flipped off a fan while he was a Cholo's manager. It's always somebody else's fault. Miguel Herrera is incapable of saying, my bad, this one's on me. Got the job, what, May of last year, so less than 18 months. About his shelf life for pretty much most of the jobs that he's had, to your point about him uh, burning through clubs and even at the, uh, at the national team level as well. All right, let's focus in on Chivas here because they had a huge weekend, Herc, off the field. Of course, it couldn't be on the field because, as we know, Chivas are not in the playoffs. Uh, but they did name Real Madrid legend Fernando Hierro as their new sporting director. He, of course, replacing Ricardo Pelaez, who stepped down last week. First order of business for Fierro, for Hierro, excuse me, will be to find a new coach because as of Sunday, Ricardo Cadena is out. Herc's favorite interim turned real manager, no longer in charge of Chivas. So Herc, is Fernando Hierro as Chivas sporting di- director gonna work? This is one of the most utterly stupid things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> First of all, you bring in Fernando Hierro who has Zero experience with Liga Mekis, and that would normally be a non-issue for the majority of Liga Mekis teams. You could say his Rolodex is so extensive, sure. you can go out and get players. It could almost be a benefit, right? Hey, he's benefit. got connections all over Europe, yeah. But when you have a situation so unique where you could only use Mexican players, you need to know the mechanisms. You need to know the ins and outs of Liga Mekis and Mexican football like no other. The secondary market, which is only afforded to Chivas. Jero is in way over his head. And Amari Vergara taking this decision or making this decision is beyond me. He's going to choose his own coach, who may or may not have experience at Liga Mekis. And they're both going to be in the dark about what they can and can't do. How the secondary market affects certain players and how it won't affect other players. Now, if you're telling me that Hierro can convince the likes of Carlos Vela, Chicharito Hernandez, Chucky Lozano right now, that type of Mexican player, that type of Mexican star, to come to Chivas over any European club, over Major League Soccer, over Los Regios, Club America, Cruz Azul, then I say, great hire. But that's not happening. It's no longer an attractive spot, attractive destination for these players. So Fernando Yero right now is just a name. Just because you played at Real Madrid does not mean that you will have success as a leader in Liga Mekis. Just ask Santiago Solari, right? We have our proof right there with Club América. Um, let, me, let me think about this, Herc. Let me think about this from a Chivas perspective, right? Is this going to work? No, absolutely not. Because if anybody had a resume to make this work, I'll say the same thing I've said before, it was Ricardo Pelaez. He had an owner that didn't have the resources, dealing in a player pool that's limited, with coaches, by the way, who were the cheapest option possible and had no type of resume for a club the size of Chivas. You had all that together, the sporting director doesn't matter at all. The other point here is that Hierro's few bits of resume that we can see from like an organizational level have to deal with the Spanish Federation, right? He was there 2007 through 2011, which you will say, oh, hey, those are the golden years of Spain. Like, okay, so there's something good to see there. The other time he was the Spanish Federation was right before the 2018 World Cup. Lopetegui gets dismissed. He takes over. We know what happened to Spain at that World Cup. They get through the group phase, kind of limp through it, 
go out in the round of 16 to Russia. It's a disaster, right? He's part of that. That is, that is kind of his time at the Federation there the second time around. So there's not a track record of success in Mexico, and there's not a track record of success really anywhere that I can see. May have a brief spin, uh, stint with Real Oviedo as well. So it just feels like a, like a total home run swing here from Audi Vergara, but, but it's a swing at a pitch that's way outside the strike zone. Yeah, and I would argue with you that the sporting director does matter if you let him do his job. Oftentimes with Ricardo Pelayas, there's a Mari Vergara shoving Michel Leaño down his throat. It, it was he didn't really have a say. This was going to happen. If that's the case, name whoever you want. It's going right. to be the same thing. Right. It sounds like then the, the key hiring here will be the coach, um, Piojo. I mean, if he's going to leave Tigres, would that make sense to Chivas? He said, well, according to that would certainly that would certainly take away some of your concerns of not having anybody that knows Liga Mekis, right? Piojo brings that intelligence and then some. He brings that intelligence, but according to Fernando Hierro, he would be, have to be a coach with also European uh, pedigree. That's not Piojo. That could be El Turco Mohamed, as the production mm-hmm. just whispered into my ear, which would be a great shout. But Chivas doesn't operate that way. Sometimes the most yeah. obvious things, are, the opposite is what Chivas does. Yep. Uh, we'll wait and see uh, as far as who Chivas will bring in to replace Ricardo Cadena, who was uh, dismissed on Sunday. Let's run it back. El Tri style, Herc. We had some goals from Mexican internationals in Europe. We'll start in Serie A. Chucky Lozano with a goal for Napoli over the weekend as they beat Bologna 3-2. Chucky Lozano! Get that goal, my man. He's heating up. Heating up the yep. right time. His uh, second goal of the season. Entered the game as a halftime sub and scored four minutes after coming on. It's his third straight game with a goal for Napoli across all competitions, and they are still rolling. First in Serie A, two points ahead of second place, Atalanta. So that's in Italy. What about over in Holland? Of course, we know the Eredivisie. You can watch it right here on ESPN+. Jorge Sanchez scoring for Ajax in a 7-1 win over Excelsior. Good finish there, Her. It's a great finish, but this is what I love about Dutch football. <laughs> My man's a right back. Look at where he's finishing that, bro. <laughs> You're right. They're brilliant points. Um, key here is that it comes after that rough performance against Napoli in the yes. Champions League. Uh, he played 78 minutes. You saw Edson there. Edson played the full 90. Uh, on the topic of Mexicans that score, Herc, last Friday, Gibran Araje, our colleague from TUDN, reporting that Mexico's preliminary player list for the World Cup, which is due to FIFA this week and can include up to 55 players, does not include Javier Chicharito Hernandez, meaning it's officially official. Tata Martino is not taking Chicharito to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Your reaction? I am shocked he would do this, not not take him, because I think that was going to be a given for mm-hmm. everybody, but that he would exclude him from a 55-player list. If you're going to tell me that Javier Hernandez isn't one of the best 55 Mexican players on the planet today, I would say you're crazy. <laughs> you could not take him to the World Cup and just say, oh, he was on the list, he just missed out, whatever. And there are people like, all right, some other factors. But when you don't put him on a 55-player list... When you humiliate, humiliate, excuse me, when you humiliate Javier Hernandez this way, this leads me to believe something somewhere along the lines of their player-coach relationship turned personal. Turned personal. It it was no longer player-coach, you did me wrong in that way. It was a personal thing. Because you are now going out of your way to say, not only are you not part of 26, my man, you're not even part of 55. Like, what you gain by that if you're 
Tata Martino. I, I, I don't agree with it, but here's what I think I could see him thinking. I get rid of this, this topic, I get rid of this controversy now, as opposed to closer to the World Cup, right? By doing it now at 55, as opposed to waiting till 20. If you put him on the 55-man list, you create controversy all forwards, the way until the World in Cup. In Raul Jimenez and in Fulnes Mori, the- no. I'm with you. I'm with you. He should be on. He should be on the 26 man list, let alone the 55. I'm just saying, if I'm Tata Martino, why would you get rid of? Why would you at least end it now? End the discussion now, and you can move on. And the team can move on. You think it's going to end now? I think you just made it bigger. You're just instead of saying, "Hey, down the road in November, this is what's going to happen, and it's over with." Now you give him a whole month to dissect this. Now it's a whole month where every single night, every single day, it's in the talk circuit. And it's going to grow, and it's going to grow, and it's going to grow. And guess what? It could fester big enough or long enough for Javier Hernandez to finally talk. You mentioned that he's, uh, he's been humiliated here. The, the list of the five strikers on this 55-player list, according to Gibrana Raige, Raul Santi Funes Mori, Henry Martin, we know all those guys. Eduardo Aguirre. El Mudo, El Mudo Aguirre of Santos is in there as the fifth forward. Three goals this season, five his career high. He's got three caps, Herc. He's got one cap in all of 2022. And that guy we're supposed to believe is closer to the World Cup than Chicharito Hernandez. That's not a coach who's, who's trying to take his best team to the World Cup. That's a coach that's trying to leave a guy out of a World Cup. And I'll, I'll ask this to you from a U.S. perspective. Does it make, because as a fan... I feel the loss of a legend's last World Cup, something that you cannot get back. We will never have Chicharito again in another World Cup. He's not going to be there in 2026. Do you draw any parallels to Jurgen Klinsmann leaving Landon Donovan out in 2014? Because I bet a lot of American fans felt the same way, that we're, we're never going to get to see Landon again in a World Cup, and you knew it when Klinsmann left him out then. Could be, because of how much both players mean to their respective national teams and how important they were, how historic they were. What I will say about Javier Hernandez is if you're going to tell me that Javier Hernandez right now, the all-time leading goal scorer in Mexican national team history, the Mexican player with the most World Cup goals, can't help you. In Qatar, I will say I don't believe you. I will say Javier Hernandez could be part of that 26-man roster. When you tell me he's not part of a 55-man roster, it's personal and can't nobody tell me otherwise. All right, let's move on because uh, Lord knows, at least on this show, we have talked a lot about Chicharito Hernandez uh, and his exclusion from the Mexican national team. Herc, I know we're both huge. Welcome to Wrexham fans. You saw Wrexham in FA Cup action on ESPN Plus and ESPN2 over the weekend against Blythe Spartans, who, by the way, had a guy who had been playing in Nisa with Michigan Stars on their team. Crazy small world. Well, the game ended in a tie, so the replay is tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch the team. You can do by that? Ryan Reynolds uh, and Rob McElhenney on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus tomorrow. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. MLS playoffs ongoing as we speak, so let's get you caught up with the weekend action. First, the Galaxy beat Nashville at home 1-0. Julian Araujo, the game winner. Yeah, he also uh, started this play, I should say, right there, but also was a cause of the goal that you did at Hernandez to be called back, so good on him. Also on Saturday, Cincy going up to Red Bull Arena and beating New York 2-1. Brandon Vasquez getting the tap in as he ran past Aaron Long. I know U.S. men's national team fans took note. No, 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 no. That was not running. Um, Yeah, good goal. Craziest game of the weekend, Sunday. Austin, the two-seed, needing penalties to get past seven-seed RSL. Austin down 2-0 in the first 15 minutes. Sebastián Driussi with a stoppage time penalty to make it 2-2 and force extra time. Brad Stuver uh, among the Austin heroes in the penalty shootout. Then later Sunday up north, Montreal wore down Orlando to win 2-0 in Montreal. Ishmael Kona, the game winner in the 68th minute. Jordi Mihailovic scored late from the spot as well as Montreal advances. All right, Herc, which MLS team had the most impressive weekend victory? It was Cincinnati FC. Cincinnati went from being a four-time Wooden Spoon recipient and Sebi's pick for Wooden Spoon Don't, hey, this I, season. I'm, I'm getting all sorts of crap from the Cincy fans, okay? I got Deserved. it. I got it. Deserved. I got my karma. DC United finished with the Wooden Spoon. No, what it's more not your do you karma. Want? No, it's not your karma. Uh, but also, relax, Cincy. What did you want? Did you get some relax. credit? Like, and, 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 yeah, relax. And relax the, the team admin that's tweeting out the standing, showing them fifth in the Eastern Conference. People like are spo- I'm sorry. They were supposed to pick you first in the I know you haven't been to the playoffs, but relax. <laughs> Act like you've been there. Uh, no, let's, let's give them some credit. Let's give them some credit. It starts with Chris Albright. It's a damn Albright. good team. It's yes. a damn good team. It, it with, starts with Chris Albright bringing in Pat Noonan, Pat Noonan doing his thing, giving confidence to players like Brandon Vasquez and Brenner, who was a bust early on, and people gave up, gave up on Lucho Acosta bringing him in. Now, going on the road after being a four-time Wooden Spoon recipient to beating a team that currently has the longest playoff streak in Major League Soccer in the New York Red Bulls and beating them as an away team and beating them in a way that's got to be humiliating for Red Bull going out like that with Three players, okay? And Lucho Acosta, who had an MVP type, type of season. in Brenner, who had 18 goals. And Brandon Vasquez, who had 18 goals. When you look at that trident, Seb, and you look at the statistics for Brenner, for Brandon Vasquez, and Lucho Acosta, you can replace their names and leave those stats and put in Luis Suarez, advance to next year, and let's say it's the Galaxy, Javier Hernandez, and Ricky Puch, and you would say... Damn fine season by those guys. Yep. That's why you pay for them. Look what they've yep. done. It was that good of a season. Taking a chance on Pat Noonan, taking a chance on Chris Albright and having it all pay out, that's big time. Just to set the record straight, that's three straight wooden spoons oh. uh, for FC Cincinnati. Well, you picked them for a fourth. I'm sorry. Yes, I picked them for the fourth. I picked them for the fourth. Uh, that was me. It's impressive. I don't, want, I don't want to rain too much on Cincinnati's parade. I already did a little bit. But we got to talk about the reality of that game, Herc. 
and that's that it was been played in front of nobody. Absolutely nobody. Whatever's happening with the New York Red Bulls organization that they couldn't get anybody to a playoff game is awfully embarrassing, right? We're talking about a team that's been around for 27 years. They should have 27 years with the fans ready to fill that. By the way, beautiful stadium. Red Bull Arena is a beautiful stadium on what was a decent day in the Northeast, right? And they couldn't get anybody to go to this game. So Cincinnati, I guess they won a road game. But it's really more of a, of a neutral game uh, for me. There was nothing there for the New York Red Bulls. Are you sure, I Seb? It, I think it's an indictment. I think it's an indictment on Red Bull now because we, we point a lot. I don't think it's the New York market. I don't think when you can see New York City, who today, even though they had to go to City Field, I think sold 20,000 tickets for a playoff game, you can point to the New York market. you got to point at Red Bull. They have let this thing rot to a point where even a playoff game, bro, doesn't draw a crowd. Don't bro me. And, and bro... I read Bro. 17 plus was reported. So what's going on here? <laughs> oh, there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's MLS attendance numbers. Uh, you know that. Can I throw out an impressive win here? Uh, because it wasn't necessarily impressive dominant, uh, but it was, it was really what I thought was a good playoff win. They, they grounded out. That's Montreal, dude. Yeah. Montreal is good, and they're especially good at home. Uh, that stadium is rocking. It's, it's intense. We talk a lot about Mihailovic, but Kone, this, this young kid, this Canadian international, yeah, Kone. dude, he is, he is headed for Europe soon. He's a big-time difference maker. And if you look at the manager, Wilfred Nancy, it's, 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 a, it's a case to be made for hire people who know your organization. A long history there with Montreal. They brought him in, and what he's done very well is he's gotten a tune, Herc, out of a lot of guys that were kind of cast-offs elsewhere in MLS. Kamal Miller? Yeah. You, think, you don't think Orlando's kicking themselves? They gave him away in the expansion Kai draft. Kamara, the Ka type of season he had, and he keeps going for his age. Kyoto, Romel Kyoto, Houston didn't want Kyoto, him. Kyoto, absolutely. And I will say this about Montreal, and I hate this statistic, take it for what it's worth, but only the second team to win their first five playoff games at home in their history, mm -hmm. tied with D.C. United. It shows you how strong they are right now playing at home. They're a contender. I won't, I won't put this team up for most impressive win, but you know who was very impressed with their own effort over the weekend, Herc? Who? Austin. What Austin. Is, what is go I called that game in Espanol. What is yes. going on with, with the people in Austin? I'm talking about the organization mm -hmm. that are fighting with the media members and certain fans. Like, oh, well, like Felipe nobody, Martins, who yeah. fights with everybody, and is, that's kind of his role, like, right? Nobody picked Austin. What are you talking about? You're playing yeah. against Salt Lake, who, by the way, was a man down from, like, minute 53 on because Ruby Rubin, Rubin decided to go two-foot the goalkeeper. Uh, and, and you're talking about, like, nobody believed in you? I, right. I don't understand this one. Right. Just like we told Cincy to relax. Austin, relax. Great first playoff win. Tranquilo, tranquilo, Martin. We, we respect you. We respect you. It's all, it's all good. All right, uh, let's move on. Because we've got uh, action that just wrapped up. New York City against Inter-Miami. Uh, this game just wrapping up in the Big Apple. 27 minutes in. Hebert, the oh. shot. Oh. What? Chaos. That is a peak MLS uh, playoff football right there. Eber uh, chips it in. Defender off the post. Oh, no, again off the post. All right, so 63rd minute, still scoreless. New York City going to get their breakthrough, and it comes via Gabriel Pereira. I mean, it's a good finish by Pereira. Comical defending two inner uh, Miami center backs crashing into each other. Low can't recoup on time. Uh, ball comes to Pereira. Pereira with a nice little finish. Six minutes after that, another one for Miami. Maxi Morales going to make it two. 
Yeah, that's just bad defending again. Not staying with runners. Quick little interchange. Maxi Morales will come off this little back heel. Don't stay with them. Slick little finish. It's two. New York City go on to win three nothing. Aber would add one in stoppage time. So New York City at home advancing over Inter Miami. There we have a look at the Eastern Conference bracket. It'll be Philly against Cincy and New York City FC against Montreal. All right, Herc, it is time to look at the Western Conference now. FC Dallas and Minnesota just about to start in 15 minutes there in Frisco. Winner of that gets Austin. Ooh, we could have an all-Texas clash. And then we've got El Tráfico, LAFC against the LA Galaxy coming on Thursday night. Now it's time to make the folks some money. Let's book it with the midweek playoff action. And we are going to start in Los Angeles with El Tráfico on Thursday night. LAFC against the LA Galaxy. Herc, who you taking? I'm taking the LA Galaxy. I know what? it's at Bank of California. Listen to this bet. If the LA Galaxy win and both teams score, you, it's plus 550. Plus 550. Look at the record right now, okay? The LA Galaxy have lost once in the last 12. LAFC, I know it says they lost five times in the last 12 or 11, but they've lost five times in the last nine. They are not the same team. And it, that game they beat DC United, it started there. Right after that, because that was an abysmal performance, they started getting smacked around by teams like San Jose, teams like uh, Houston, teams they should have never even been in contention to actually have a shot of losing against, they would. While the Galaxy and Ricky Pooch, who many you say would be a failure in this league, have racked up the wins. In impressive fashion, 24 goals scored in that span by the LA Galaxy. 10 by Cheech, two assists. This team's just heating up at the right time, and you've seen time and time again how a team that heats up heading into the playoffs can be so dangerous heading into Major League Soccer and ultimately to MLS Cup. I'm taking the Galaxy in this one. So usually I think on this show you do a pretty good job disguising your L.A. Galaxy ways. You, you love LAFC, you love their gear, you love to go to their games, you love to take the family, but here we see the true bias of Hercules Gomez with the Galaxy pick. Uh, I'm, taking, I'm taking LAFC. I'm taking LAFC to win an over three and a half, which is a payout of plus 210. So you're getting uh, 21 bucks back on a $10 bet. I'm not going to bet against LAFC. I'm not going to bet against LAFC. It would be like the biggest fracaso in MLS history, wouldn't it? If this team, after winning the Supporters Shield, oh, I see doesn't what you're doing. win you're setting up MLS the Cup. I see what you're doing. Yep. A team, yep. that's, a team yep. that, that made a $10 million investment in the summer off of player salaries. I see what you're doing. You're setting up nice. It would be a huge fracaso. Listen. There was no need to tinker, no need to move players around, no need to get rid of guys like Danny Mosovsky, who were very good glue players and very productive players for LAFC, and yet you did. You brought in a wealth of talent, a wealth of big names, and in the last nine games, you've lost five. You've lost five games for a team that limped into their supporters' mm -hmm. shield trophy. I cannot overstate how important it is to have form, form excuse me, in this league, in Major League Soccer. And right now, LAFC is not the team in the best form. Yep. All right. Uh, Bank of California on Thursday night. Her, maybe as a half chance football. Americas might be uh, around. We'll see what's uh, going on there Thursday night at El Tráfico. What about in the Eastern Conference? Because we got a game on Wednesday between Philly yeah. and Cincinnati. Herc, what you taking? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take Cincy to score over 1.5 goals. That means they got to score two goals, and that's going to pay you plus 230. Doesn't mean they have to win. Okay. That means doesn't even mean they okay. can tie. They can lose. They just okay. got to score. 
two okay. goals. When you look at Cincinnati, a team that's only lost, by the way, once in the last 14 games, with two players at 18-plus goals apiece, a team that's so good right now in great form playing against another team in great form who's also a high-scoring team, it's going to be an open affair. I don't know if Cincy's going to win. I think they've already won getting this far. I think the onus and the pressure is on Philly. Philly is mm. clearly the better team, and they've been the better team, even though in two games in the regular season – they tied 1-1 against uh, Cincy, and they lost 3-1. Brandon Vasquez, a goal in both games. All I'm saying is Cincy does not go home with the goose egg. They go home with two goals. Could even surprise you, but you're going to cash in on this bet at plus 230. All right, just to correct myself there, they play on uh, Thursday, uh, not Wednesday, Philly and Cincinnati. If you had to pick a winner, who would you pick? Philly. Just because right. Philly's been one of the most consistent teams yeah. all year, not just 14 games. I, this game for me has like craziness written all yeah. over it. Yeah. And, and you're going to see that reflected here in my pick. I'm taking a draw and over one and a half for a payout of plus 360. So a nice little payout there. Um, the reason that I'm going with a draw here, right, is there are so many connections. I think you, you mentioned them a little bit earlier in this, in this segment. These teams are going to know each other really well, it's right? True. Uh, Albright, Chris Albright, who, who built... FC Cincinnati, or who's the, who's the general manager now, has been the sporting director for the last four or five years with the Philadelphia Union. Pat Noonan, Jim Curtin's like long, long time assistant, right, with the Philadelphia Ray Union. Gattis was there. These teams will yeah. know each other so well. I have to think it's going to cancel each other out. I'm with you. I still think either in, in extra time uh, or in penalties, the Philadelphia Union will advance. I, I think they are the better team. I'm with. I I I respect Cincinnati's firepower. That Tridente, as you say, is amazing. Um, but I think if it gets to extra time or certainly if it gets to penalties, I'm going to go with the edge here to Philly if for no other reason. Andre Blake, right? I mean, if you go to penalties, you want Andre Blake as your goalie. So uh, I'm taking Philly. Uh, I, I think Philly will win, but my bet is draw and over one and a half uh, for a plus 360 payout. We got MLS on ESPN as the playoffs continue on Sunday. We're back in Montreal. For Montreal against New York City FC, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday on ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Opening round of the NWSL playoffs on Sunday. Kansas City visiting Houston in the 4-5 matchup. Five minutes in, Kansas City with a penalty from Elabanta, and that made it one nothing as she puts it past Jane Campbell. Houston respond in the 21st. Sophie Schmidt to make it 1-1. How about that from the Canadian international? Good finish with the left peg to equalize in front of a big crowd. 
still 1-1. Tenth minute of stoppage time in the second half. Kate Del Fava, the game winner to make it 2-1. The Kansas City current go on the road and advance in front of a record crowd. 21,284 there in downtown Houston. That's a new NWSL playoff record. Later on Sunday, San Diego Wave hosting Chicago. This highlight is sponsored by one is the loneliest number. Yuki Nagasoto taking advantage of the Kalen Sheridan mistake there to put Chicago up one nothing. Oi. Oi, that's on her. She, she, she accepts it. Sheridan's a good goal. You don't see that kind of mistake from her very often. 67th minute, San Diego, the equalizer. Emily Van Eggman makes it 1-1. Yeah, it, it's a, a quick little volley in between traffic. And it's 1-1. We go to extra time. Alex Morgan, the shot. Alyssa Nair, the U.S. number one. What happened? Yeah, Alex Morgan dealing with knee injuries here and, and comes in. And I, I don't know what's happening to Nair there. Misjudged it. Side netting. 2-1 San Diego. San Diego advancing with a 2-1 victory. They'll face the Portland Thorns. Kansas City will face O.L. Reign. Also from that San Diego game, they set a new attendance record, beating the number that the Houston Dash had set earlier in the day. So, Herc, the NWSL breaks its playoff attendance record not once but twice in the same day. Is it something, nothing, or everything? It, it's everything, Seb. When you look at how far women's soccer has come and in the states here domestically you're talking about some leagues some failed attempts at leagues mm. who never even got close to this type of attendance forget the attendance this type of attention and what that attention entails the star power they create for these women the sponsorship dollars i mean you saw lafc come in was it over 20 million in sponsorship money you saw what san diego wave is continues to do it's everything and it continues to be everything because of where the sport is trending i mean on the same day you have an attendance number being broken, only to be broken a few mm -hmm. hours later by a game in a different market. Yeah, everything here, man, I'm with you. I'm with you. The San Diego one doesn't surprise me as much. I gotta tell you, as somebody who was the, the first play-by-play -play guy for the Houston Dash when they launched in, in 2014, I that number surprised me for Houston. That's a big number for Houston. Because you gotta remember, these playoff tickets, you don't have a whole lot of time to sell, right? Yeah. You, you, you find out your schedule, you gotta sell in three, four days. For them to get over 20,000 for a playoff game there, that's really huge, that's significant. Another reason, Herc, why I'm, why I'm putting this in the everything category is that these records are being broken at a time when the NWSL is getting terrible, terrible publicity. And instead of what you might have worried about, which is fans gonna say, I, you know what, I'm gonna turn my back on this product, they're saying, I may not want to support the NWSL brand, but I am going to support these players. And so what could have been very negative for the league and its attendance numbers is actually, Herc, here turning into a positive. And I think we're only going to see more and more of these records well, fall. So great news, great yeah, news over Yeah, you're going to see more of the, these records fall. Excuse me, I meant to say Angel City. It's because of teams like Angel City and San Diego Wave sure. and the immediate success they're having out of the gates, off the gates. Yeah. You know, that could be a separate question, what yeah. the immediate success means in NWSL uh, going forward, but it's going to increase revenues and it's going to increase uh, sponsorships, supporters, et cetera, et cetera. So we also had today the Ballon d'Or, Herc, which, uh, of course, folks around the world were following. On the men's side, Karim Benzema, the deserved winner. For the ladies, Alexia Putelas, 
got it. A couple Americans on the women's side. Here's where they ranked uh, in the final vote. Reportedly, uh, Katarina Macario, ninth. Alex Morgan, 13th. Trinity Rodman, 18th. Herc, anything surprise you about those rankings, or are they about right? Uh, one thing surprises me about these rankings. They confirm your bias when it comes to choosing the U.S. women's national team and their player pool. You told me this was the best team in the world. You told me that you were surprised more of the U.S. men's or U.S. women's national team players weren't in the top 50 of ESPN's own ranking. Well, this is the Ballon d'Or ranking right here, Seb. So yeah, what this, does that tell you? This confirms that the Ballon d'Or voters are biased for European success because look what Katarina Macario. She's number nine. Alex Morgan leads the NWSL in scoring. Trinity Rodman is a Rookie of the Year she candidate. She won a Champions all, League. All league. Okay, okay. I'm not, I'm not saying Katarina. One of the best but, players on a Champions but League But look how they team. disrespect the NWSL work of Alex Morgan and Trinity Rodman. You, uh, big picture, what I would say is it's very good, Herc, that two of these three are young players, yes, right, for the U.S. women's national nice team. And they're also, because you, you point out that, that the U.S. hasn't been all that great recently, and I say they're the best team in the world, yada, yada, yada. If you want to hold out hope for the U.S. women's national team at the next World Cup, one of the things you can think about is Katarina Macario. We have not seen her at her best level with the national team. What if she's that player next summer? What if Trinity Rodman next summer is the player that we've seen with the spirit? Then I think you're going to see a very U.S. different and much more successful U.S. women's national team at the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand than what yeah. we've Mallory seen. Mallory Pugh, Sophia so Smith, far. there are players who aren't even in this nomination that give certain fans or a lot of fans certain hope. Totally, totally. That could also, uh, I think, uh, be more than worthy of a ballon. Uh, door. What, what you rocking there? I don't even know. They send me shirts, I wear it. So if you want to send me something, I'll wear it. That's, that's how it works on, uh, on Football Americas. Can I give a shout out here? What is that? So you know I like to uh, coach a little soccer. The very first team Those that I coached. Those who can do teach. Yes, exactly. Uh, the very first team that I coached when I was in middle school was my mom's over 30 soccer team. And they were called the Samba. Uh, she launched the team in 1994. They, they existed for around 21 years. I'm wearing the shirt because a couple weekends ago they got the band back together. Lots of great memories. Uh, so shout out to the Samba. There we go. Uh, and Milagros, Milagros who was always the, the captain. Uh, a huge part of my, uh, my early soccer experience. Yeah. Uh, that the cool only women. fifth game you've ever known about in your childhood. <laughs> steady, steady. All right, so uh, I'm heading out to L.A. For uh, a lot of great stuff this week, we're going to have Juan Carlos Osorio out there with us in Los Angeles, creating a lot of content in the build-up to the World Cup. And of course, Herc, you and I will be together on Thursday night for El Tráfico, LAFC against the LA Galaxy. We're going to be there? We're going to be together. We're going to be together here on ESPN+. Plus. Where is still to be determined.